welcome to the Compact Camera Podcast. It's bright, it's breezy, it's to the point. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join us for some photo talk. And a warm welcome to this fifth episode of the Compact Camera Podcast. My name's Rob. I'm a documentary photographer in North Wales, and we are keeping it extremely compact this week. A little less content than normal, but we're keeping to the spirit of our title. So coming up in this episode... There seem to be fewer free open calls at the moment, but we found three for you. And we have a fantastic interview with one of our favourite photographers, Joanne Coates. So let's take a look at some open calls at the moment. Firstly, the Delphian Gallery in London have an international competition. It's open to all forms of printable artwork. So yes, that includes photography, of course. It aims to give a platform to talented emerging artists who are producing exceptional work, it says. Well, emerging is a bit of a contentious phrase, isn't it? You can emerge certainly at any age. If you're new and you haven't had a let's say a long track record, I say go for it. It ends on 28th of February and we'll be leaving a link in the episode guide as usual. And secondly, quite an interesting committing opportunity, but unfortunately it's only available to photographers working in England because it's called Picturing England's High Streets and it is sponsored by Historic England. So that's government money basically with some lottery money and the English Arts Council wall in the mix there. Uh, They say they're excited to be partnering with photography organisations across the country for a new project. It's a three-year project which will deliver six photographer-in-residence programmes at six high street locations across England, as well as artist mentoring and a digital nationwide mass participation project. If that's for you, that could be quite a break to get, I must admit. So do take a look. Again, the uh, description will be in the episode guide. And finally, you've probably heard of Vancouver-based Boom, that's B with six O's and then an M at the end. They have a continuing year-long open call for illustration, design, art and photography. There's no deadlines at all and it's free to submit. So why not look them up and see if you've got any work for them. They have a massive following. So do be careful, do some research and get an idea for the style of work that they appreciate. Joanne Coates is a photographer who's made an impact early in her career. Proud of her working class background, she studied at the Sir John Cass School of Fine Art and the London College of Communication. She's the sort of photographer we love, committed within her field and engaged within the communities she documents. She's won many awards and has exhibited widely and has had work commissioned by the BBC, Vice, The Guardian, The Financial Times, The Telegraph and many others. She's currently the artist in residence at Berwick Visual Arts and director of LensThink, which we'll talk about. But hi, Joe. Where are you at the moment, by the way? Hi, I'm at home in the Yorkshire Dales and um, the Northern Dales at the moment. Oh, fantastic. You still got a bit of snow around. Yeah, we do. It's, it's quite um, quite a lot on the tops. Oh, nice. Hey, do you know what? The last time I actually heard your voice properly and get this, that was actually on BBC Radio 4. Oh, no way. And thank you for such a nice introduction as well. That was so kind of you. Oh, glad I got it right. I hope I got it right. But you know what? Uh, yeah, I listened to you on Radio 4 in my car driving one day and it was really, really good. And, and I'm actually right in front of me. I've got it in my hands now. You can actually 
Jimmy thumbing through that. North Sea Swells, a fantastic zine by uh, another place press. Joe, what, what a, you must be so proud of that work. It is cracking. Well, I'm really thankful to Ian. Um, so Ian Sargent uh, runs another place press. I know you've covered this uh, before in previous episodes. Um, but yeah, like Ian is really great for supporting photographers out there. Um, and I, I think he's still looking for people on an open call as well. That's great. And you know, I've, I've said this before as well, that it's called a zine, but it's not, is it? It's, it's a small book. The quality is really right up there, isn't it? They are beautiful. I was really excited. Um, I got Tessa Bunny's one earlier last year. I think oh, it was wow. last year now. Um, and that one was beautiful. And I mean, all the work that the books that they produce are always of a really high quality. So yeah, I was really excited about it. And, you know, just looking through this, do you know, it's an object lesson in how to do documentary photography you've got these lovely portraits just pictures of the wide open sea just done beautifully pictures of uh, the working environment and these little vignettes you know a picture what's it a picture of somebody's arm with a tattoo on it and uh, and a picture of a meter you know these little bits and pieces is i guess you probably have about how many pictures altogether you had to sort of edit down for the for the zine there's quite a lot of images I have from this project just because it was such a long-term project um I don't know how many I actually have all together uh probably a thousand that I would <gasps> wow. really like <laughs> um but yeah probably too many and when you this is a project that's been going on for a long long time isn't it you've got a bit of salt in your blood in the family anyway haven't you uh yeah my granddad on my mum's side uh was a fisherman he by the time I was little, he was part-time because of the industry changing um, in Yorkshire and the kind of northeast. So he was actually a kind of part-time and then a plasterer by the time I was born. But it was something that we always went to and revisited. And I think it's something that always stays with people once they've been a fisherman. It's like really difficult to do a different role or get into a different job. I can understand the sort of that that form of life and the, the tradition that goes with it as well. But you were doing this while you were studying when you started off and that involved quite a bit of travel it did so I started in my foundation um, and it was the first project that was my first real I'd say documentary project that I really kind of I don't know what you would say like really held that kind of like core personal interest so that like that came from my granddad and those feelings of being on the sea and that intrigue and something that I'd grown up with. So that was something that I really connected with. So I started, um, it would have been 2011, 2012, I did my foundation. So that was when I started it. Right, it's already 10 years ago. <laughs> Time flies. So long ago. But, but you were heading all the way to Orkney at one point, weren't you? Yeah, so um, Orkney was where I think that the project really got its teeth. Um, so Fiona Matheson is the fisheries officer, was the fisheries officer um, at Orkney Fisheries. Okay. Um, and she's an artist as well. So she really understood the project and was really up for connecting and a real key person in kind of making it happen as well. Perhaps I should just say for not everybody from uh, that's listening to the podcast might even know where the Orkney Islands are. And uh, if, if you don't, they're right right off the north of Scotland, sort of like parallel with, with, with Norway, I'd say, aren't they? Yeah, really far up. Yeah, and you were in London studying at the time? I was, yeah. Oh, that's a bit, <laughs> that's quite a big trip. So how did the uh, project start, Joe? 
Um, so the project in Orkney um, started with the connection with Fiona um, and then actually getting to Orkney. Um, so from London, because I was studying, I didn't have a lot of, um, I guess, financial um, or I had financial constraints on what I could and couldn't do. So I used to get the mega bus from London to Inverness um, and then the local bus and then a freight ferry or a passenger ferry. That's so a you can, and a half. <laughs> you, you can technically, you can or you could get to Orkney for £22 for no a return. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like actually going to sea on these fishing boats? Some of them, were they fairly small? Uh, some of them, so it, they really varied in sizes. Some were tiny, like one person. Some were um, like a fisherman and a crewman, so a little bit bigger. And obviously um, the white fish boats are the ones that go out for like seven to 10 days, sometimes seven to 14. Um, so it really depends on the boat. Did they manage to sort of forget that you were there at one point? I mean, I, I just imagine you working and floating around and uh, being able to take pictures. Was, was there a, a process where they became accustomed to you so you could sort of work freely? Definitely. I mean, the least amount of time I was on with them was six hours. So they definitely do kind of forget. And, and they're really busy there, like they're doing their work. Um, so that's the main they don't have time to kind of worry about what you're doing and you just have to make sure you're safe. What I wanted to ask you as well, um, because you come from a working class background and you're very proud of that and there there are battles to fight. What sort of barriers do you want to smash down, particularly in our world of photography, Joe? That's a really good question. Um, I think like one statistic that I always come back to and that is always in my head is um, that there's only... 18.2% of people within the visual arts as a whole. So that's like photography, painting, sculpture, that's across the whole medium. There's only 18.2% of people that are from working class backgrounds. That's a really small percent. And then there's other things that I've learned. I've just started uh, mentoring with um, the girls club in the Northeast. And something that they taught us on our training is like at 16 years old, there's only 50% of the girls um, from really poor homes that actually managed to pass a GCSE and, and things like that really make me think of like, how do we look at helping people and how can we like really break down those barriers? And I think it's a really complex issue. Um, so I think something I, I would really like to see is working class people telling stories or having the ability, which might mean that they would need additional support um I guess something I'd really like to see is working class creatives being given the support that they deserve um so that could be like to access university it could be before even before that um with having artists come into schools that are in more marginalized areas it could be like a number of different different issues I think it's a really complex issue because kind of classes a really difficult topic it's there's so much to unpack it, it is you know my, my girlfriend comes from germany and i'm just trying to sometimes explain the class system here it's 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 sometimes it's invisible sometimes it's really obvious isn't it but it is there and and it's something that needs even in 2021 why are we even having this discussion you know it's um it's something that needs to be desperately sorted 
definitely completely agree with you there <laughs> sorry for the little rant you know but it's but i do agree and i the fantastic the work you're doing i'm really i can really feel your commitment to that it's it, I'm well done um and another thing you're involved in is lens think now I'm not sure how active LensThink is at the moment with all the uh, lockdown and and all the uh, uh, restrictions that we have, but could you just tell us a little bit about that and what you do? Of course, yeah. Um, so LensThink actually started as a social to bring people together um, and it started when I graduated. So I came home from London from studying in like 2015, 2016 and I realised it was quite an isolating landscape in the north of England. At the time, there wasn't very many socials um, in that area. And I guess like photography is really, it's seen as diverse in terms of subject matter and and genres that we cover, but not very diverse in terms of like who does the photo taking or how you access opportunities. So at first I started um, and I did things like um, pop-ups open calls socials where people could come and speak we had our first one um had al palmer of brown owl press and um, we've created that opportunities with dolby forest and the forestry commission um and then yeah i really started to think about what i wanted to do with it because it was it was like this huge thing that was taking such a, a huge amount of time and i really loved doing it but I think you have to think of like, do I make it an organisation? Does it keep being socials? Like, what is it, and why am I doing it? Um, I think, so yeah, I can I can imagine everybody missing the social side of that as well at the moment, desperately. Yeah, definitely, and and like, so I still really love doing the socials. Um, obviously, I haven't done them in lockdown because um, I really like them as like in person events. Um, but what I kind of like reflected on what it was doing and what I realized I really wanted it to do was to kind of create a diverse photography scene and like how do I do that and um like really amplify like working class voices and kind of like create opportunities in the cultural sector um and so I thought of like how could I do that so I started working with councils and creating opportunities for other artists and things like that so it's kind of um transformed a little bit into into that so like we don't do as many socials now, but we do lots of other things like mentoring. So we're currently mentoring for um, people across photography, young people. Um, and it's really nice to kind of try and do something that way. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without having somebody help me uh, with mentoring. I think it's just so valuable. I think, again, I keep on saying to everybody I know, it's like a journey. I just want to bring everybody along with me. And I think it's really important as well that people enjoy themselves as well. And I detect that, you know, through lens thing, people have been having quite a lot of fun with the, with the, with their photography as well. Hopefully. I mean, I think there's always, you can approach really serious and kind of hard topics that are really difficult with an activity that can be quite informal and quite fun and actually make a change is, is always a really great way to go about it. I want to know, actually, what's your working day like at the moment or your working week? It, does it completely change now with lockdown? Are you managing to get commissions? So it's changed quite a lot. Um, I was really lucky last year. So because I was doing a residency with Berwick Visual Arts and Newcastle University, I was lucky because they really supported me and they kept, they kept that going. 
So I was really lucky to have that because a lot of my work got cancelled and it was um, like the first time I'd got um, a commission in the US and obviously things like that just couldn't go ahead. Um, And I completely understand that as well. Like I don't think that they should have done but I was lucky that I had the residency to keep going. Um, it is a little different, but I try and keep a working day. So like I, I still have um, quite a lot of like meetings with people that I'm going to be working with in the future, talking about projects. Um, I'm still doing workshops with young people and still doing like mentoring with LensFink online and still getting some assignments um, that are just within the area that I live in. Um, so it has changed quite a lot, but at the same time, I think that everybody's kind of careers their work has really changed it's just um I guess like bobbing along in a little boat keeping going oh definitely do you have any personal projects or do you have time for any personal projects or anything you've got in mind for when uh, all the lockdown finishes I have a huge list um <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's lots that I want to work on and it's either um not safe to do so at the minute or it's like you need to work with other people and some of them an assignment that I'm working on at the minute I can't talk talk about the subject but it's a continuation of um a different assignment that I did and that's really interesting so I've been having like zoom calls and um like really working on what's going to happen and so I think there's a lot of things you can do to work towards something and yeah, with the the residency work with Beric Visual Arts, um, that was about female farmers. So working on that a lot. And what I'm doing with that work is I'm working with Erland Cooper, who is um, a composer and a multi-instrumentalist. So I've been working on the audio I've recorded with people's voices. Um, so there's a lot of, I guess, like work like that that you can do at home that takes quite a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and this actually is the perfect time to be doing it. Sounds quite exciting. I like these collaborations as well. I think a lot of people are looking at different ways of working with different people now. And we've got a different way of working like we are now over Zoom to record this interview. In the last podcast, we spoke to Natalie Ball, who's got this initiative, um, My Camera, My Therapy. And I've noticed, Joe, you've spoken about your own mental health and well-being. And I was wondering, going out with a camera and doing the work that you do, does that help you as well? I definitely think it does. And um like walking practice is something that I'm really interested in and really I think everyone at the moment is taking walks and taking more consideration of um like how walks are kind of healing us in different ways so it's definitely something I'm really interested in and I guess um like one thing I would say is for all kind of photographers out there like you can't pour from a glass that's empty So something like I did myself is like a few years ago, I worked too hard and did too many hours and did too many things. And it really like left me in a a really bad position. So I was like with um, the NHS in crisis and that meant that I couldn't work. So I feel like, like during this time, maybe one thing is that we all have to be really kind to ourselves or find a way of looking after ourselves. And maybe that is walking practice. um, Maybe that's being outside which I think is really beneficial and really helpful. Um, Whether that, you know, whether you feel like having your camera or whether you're taking photos with your phone, I think it's really kind of a nice beneficial practice for like self-care as well. I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, taking, 
what rings with me is just the idea of actually taking care of yourself. I mean, if you have a knee injury, you don't go out running, you know, you just rest up. You know, if you've got um, a lot of pressure, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't just give your mind a little bit of a break, is there, you know, in exactly the same way. Definitely. And I think it's something that hopefully there's a lot of people who are talking about it in really brilliant ways. And I hope it's something that's more normalised that we really start looking after our mental health as we do our physical health. Well, thank you about for, for raising that with us and, and talking so frankly about it. And um, I think you, you're part of that process of normalising, which is wonderful. We're going to leave a link to your website and uh, LensThink and also uh, another place, Press for, for your North Sea Swells uh, zine, which is currently available from them. So we're going to leave all those links there. But it's been lovely talking to you, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And what a great way to finish the podcast. A huge thanks again to Joanne Coates for joining us and a huge thanks to every single one of you for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do give those stars a click and maybe leave a comment. It helps our ratings. I'm just doing this for fun. I'm doing this for our community, as you know, to bring us all together. It's not an easy time. So if I filled 21 minutes, coming up to 22 minutes by the looks of it, of your time up and entertained you, uh, I'd be so grateful for some feedback. As usual, you've been extremely generous. So I'm Rob. Thanks again for listening. And do join us next week. And please stay safe. Stay safe.